0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Living With Power Hope podcast. This is a podcast where we give you biblical truth for everyday life. We're aiming to give hope for the Christian in a post-Christian world. You're wondering what it means to be post-Christian? Well, that's a great question. We are now living in a society and a country where most people no longer consider Judeo-Christianity as America's main religion. Uh, Today, most people in our country are biblically illiterate, unfamiliar with the Christian faith, and indifferent or even angered by Christian doctrine. And so here in this space, we're going to investigate why. Every week, I take a question under the uh, title of Dear Lena," and I answer it. And I answer it using three bullet point uh, points, because I like thinking in bullet points. And uh, if you want to know a little bit more about me, I'm a pediatric ER doctor, and I run a ministry called Living with Power Ministries. In fact, you can uh, find out a lot about our ministry at our website, livingwithpower.org. Uh, I'd love to get your questions. In fact, you can send in your questions at, at livingwithpower.org. Lina is spelled L-I-N-A. Uh, we'd also love for you to subscribe to the podcast and to uh, leave us a comment. Uh, even better, leave us a review on the podcast. Make it a star, five-star review. And uh, share it with a friend. Uh, those are the basics of podcasting. And uh, uh, today's question, I think, is going to be encouraging. Um, we're going to talk I- in general on this series about uh, uh, culture, faith, and everything in between. And so today we got a little bit of an easier question, I guess. In some ways, the last couple of weeks we've sort of tried to hit um, uh, some of the harder topics on on the Bible and God's Word and whatnot. And uh, today we're going to talk about hope <laughs> and something that I love talking about. Uh, it is uh, our vision for the ministry is to. Bring Bring hope to the world, and so here it is, dear Lena. I've lost my job, my marriage, and my church in the last few years, and now COVID. I am losing hope. What should I do? Uh, this question is is a great question, and some of you uh, here identify with this, uh, even as you're listening to this podcast. You're dealing with your own loss. And loss comes in a variety of shapes and forms. It could be an expectation, a dream, uh, or a tangible thing—a uh, job, a house, a uh, relationship. There's so many ways that we go through loss. And so, what should, what should we do as Christians? Uh, how do we deal with this? And uh, I'm going to try to give you three thoughts on this today as a means to encourage you. And uh, here, here's the first: When dealing with loss, resist the temptation to do something. All right. Um, we talk about our culture a lot here in, in this podcast series. And, 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 and our culture is so um, trained to, to act, to do, to try to fix. And so we go into immediate mode of, of, of doing something. And, and I think this is a temptation that you as a Christian need to resist. All right. Well, what does that mean? You might say, well, I just lost my job. And, and the, uh, what are you telling me? I shouldn't be doing anything. No, no, I, I, I'm saying that, that there's steps. And the first step is to take time to lament your pain. If you've gone through a significant loss uh, right now uh, with COVID, we have felt those losses in a very acute sense. In my work as a, now I do telemedicine, in my work as a teledoctor, I can't tell you how many people are calling and talking about um, their heightened anxiety, depression, uh, their need to get aid to, to, to sleep at night. And so these are realities, whether you know the Lord or not. And so. I think an important step is to not jump straight to the doing and to take a little bit of time and lament your pain. You have gone through a significant loss. If nothing else, COVID, barring any other loss, has, has, COVID has left us with a sense of loss, uh, uh, schools, uh, jobs, uh, uh, sports, activities, uh, the way that we used to live. Take time to lament your pain. I, I don't think we do this very well as Christians. Interestingly, um, Psalms is a great book to be in during times of loss because it is uh, a book of lament. Uh, though it is a book of joy and rejoicing and dancing, it is also a book of lament. And uh, And I think uh, the psalmist uh, and and I think the Lord in turn in giving us the psalms uh, models for us this need to take time before we get to the doing to lament. In fact, I think about Job. You know, interestingly, uh, he lost everything. And uh, uh, we spend the entire book of Job not with him coming up with a plan to fix his problems. If you're not familiar with the Bible, then let me give a summary of the book of Job. Job is a man who lived righteously. He was a good man. He loved God. And he uh, was uh, picked on by Satan, really, for a lack of better. In fact, no, actually God came to, to, to Satan and said, hey, look at my servant, Job. He's, he's impeccable. And and Satan said, uh, well, he, he worships you because everything's going great in his life. Uh, let's uh, put him through a little trials and he'll he'll deny you. And in fact, God said, fine, you have permission to do that. And Satan would attack um, uh, Job and, and not once but twice and uh, Job would lose everything. And instead of going into this mode of fixing and doing, he spends literally 30 some chapters of the book of Job, which the whole book is only 42 chapters. And he spends the bulk of it mourning, lamenting, And uh, I don't think we do this enough. And so we we just want to jump to the solution. And in missing the lament, we miss a lot of healing, I believe. So when dealing with a loss, resist the temptation to do something. Take time to lament your pain. Take time to get perspective. I think this is work that really demands time and thought. And quiet, silence, and solitude. Which I think sometimes when we go through losses that time we have to fight for, but I think it's essential that we fight for it. I've started going on walks. I literally um, believe, I've I've always felt like when I go on a walk, something happens that is uh, very divine. And, and and the other day I was, somebody sent me a book that I've been reading that, that is so interesting It is it's called Walk with God. And it's a very fascinating book because it talks about sort of this theology of walking. And I found it to be so interesting. Scripture is full of this symbol, symbolism of walking with God. And so now I make it a habit of not taking my phone when I go on a walk. Why? Because I need perspective. I need to ask this question on a daily basis. What is God doing in my life and in my heart right now? And I think if you're going through loss, that is an incredibly important question to ask. And not as a self-condemnation way necessarily. I mean, there might need to be some cleaning house of saying, all right, God, where in my life are you trying to get my attention? But but really just in a even in a healing way of God, what is it that you're trying to show me about yourself? Uh, what is the goal of this season? And so take time to sit in silence in order to meditate and not just to meditate, um, but to, but to hear God speak into your soul. So when dealing with the losses in your life, resist the temptation to do something. Here's a second big idea. When dealing with loss, recognize your temptation to numb everything. It has to be a recognition that that is our go-to. We are people who want to numb everything. Uh, You say, how do we numb things? Well, we, we numb our pain with activity. Uh, we numb our pain with busying ourselves so much that we don't have time to do the work that I just mentioned the lamenting the getting perspective the silence it hurts too much and so we just go into numbing mode uh, we numb when we numb our pain with what feels good it won't do us any good but yet we do this all the time you know this is uh, there's a reason why when people go through loss they turn to addictions uh, whether it's, it's substance abuse or addictions of other natures uh, um, Netflix and killing time and uh, even over exercising controlling your food, whatever it is that yet you tend to uh, want to control, you, you numb yourself often with what temporarily feels good, but it doesn't do you any good. Um, but this is just a way of coping that does not bring you to the place where you can uh, connect with God. If anything, numbing yourself, um, when you stop feeling anything, uh, it doesn't just numb you to the pain, but it also numbs you to the joys in life and to, to the presence of God and what he's doing in your life. And so, um, when you numb your pain, uh, we do it by what feels good, but we also do it by isolating ourselves from others. We figure if I don't talk to others, then I don't have to review my pain. They don't ask me about how I'm doing. I don't have to answer the question. I don't have to feel this pain. But when we isolate ourselves, it'll only deepen our pain. So in, initially, we think we're doing ourselves a favor, but but this you know the going to what feels good or isolating ourselves, both of those are not great strategies. So they, they both are ways to numb ourselves from feeling. But again, remember, numbing yourselves from the pain also numbs you from the joys in life. Um, So uh, this is an important um, sort of, uh, you know, first is don't just go do something, but second, don't just numb everything. And you numb everything by finding things to do and distracting yourself to death and and busying yourself enough that you don't have to think about what you're going through. That strategy um, will leave you burnt out and exhausted. So it won't do you any good in the long haul. And so when dealing with loss, what, what should you do? Well, rest in the reality of what you know for sure, all right? There are some things we know for sure. Uh, what, what are those things? I think this is where being a Christian um, th- is a blessing. This is where being a Christian, especially in a post-Christian world, I mean, you think about how our world is functioning now. In a post-Christian world, there's not a recognition of God. There's a living on, you know, by the bootstraps, like pull yourselves up by the bootstraps, love yourself, do good to yourself, all these things about self, but, but the self fails you eventually because you get tired because you can't get yourself out of your own pits. And so you can only go so far by getting a makeover, by getting another job, by getting another relationship, Like it's exhausting the cycle that doesn't work over time. And so what, what we need to rest on isn't what we can control, but the truth about what we know about God. And those are the realities of life. And so when we're living in a post-Christian culture, the Christian is at an edge when it comes to pain, because there are things we know for sure from God's word, which is reliable relevant as we talked about last week and so we know god's character is always good that, that god's word tells us that he is good and over and over again the psalmist talks about his steadfast love endures forever he's good he's good he's good so even though go, though you go even though you walk through the valley of the shadows of death you don't have to fear any evil because he's with you that's his goodness on you um, so we know that god's character is always good um, even in our pain we know what else do we know for sure we know god's promises are always true We know that in in Joshua, and, and a number of times with the people of Israel, we're told that not one of the promises that God made to his children failed. Not one failed. Granted, it took decades to see them, but not one failed. They were a work in progress, and that God never lied. God is not a God who lies. His promises are true. So if you have a promise of God, say it's Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in me will perform it until the day of Christ, then you can rest on it. You can trust God's word, even when your feelings are up and down. And so uh, I love that. Uh, I love here's the truth when it comes to God's promises, casting all your cares upon him in 1 Peter five seventeen, or I'm sorry, 1 Peter 5, 7, because he cares for you. Okay, God is good. His promises are always true. Uh, here's what else we know. You know God's presence is always near. Uh, Hebrews 13 talks about that, that, of course, I quoted a second ago Psalm 23. I don't think there's a passage of scripture that talks about the nearness of God more than Psalm 23. Um The the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture as you go through, you know, uh, as you walk through the valley of Shadows, you will fear no evil because He is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. He anoints your head with oil in the presence of your enemies, and and on and on. And so, but Hebrews 13 talks about that so um, strongly. He says, uh, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Uh, that is God's presence always near. A great study in that is uh, the man Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, when he went through hell, literally, uh, he was sold as a slave to, uh, to Egypt and uh, and he landed in the house of Potiphar over and over again in Psalms I mean in Genesis chapter 39 we see the sentence that the Lord was with him and he was successful because the Lord was with him we see that passage uh, that sentence over and over and over again he's not the only guy that we see that sentence with but he's one that it sticks out uh, we know that God is always near his presence is always near if you're going through a period of loss right now you might not feel his nearness but it's a fact so you can hang on to those verses. Go to Hebrews thirteen five and remind God, God, you said you will never leave me nor forsake me. Psalm 34 is a great psalm for that as well. Those are promises that you can hang your hat on. All right. So when dealing with loss, rest in the reality of what you know for sure. We know God's character is always good. We know God's promises are always true. We know God's presence is always near and we know God's provision is always faithful. God's provision is always faithful. My God will provide all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians four nineteen. This is how the Christian lives in a post-Christian world. You know God's word and you rest your all on God's word. Uh, another great one of my favorite verses because I he, here's the thing about God's faithfulness. I know He's faithful, but I always feel bad when I don't pull my part of the bargain. And what I need to constantly be reminding myself of is that it matters less what I do and more who He is. And so 2 Timothy chapter two verse thirteen is a great passage of Scripture for that because it reminds us that if we are faithless, that's what the writer writes, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Okay, this is such an encouraging promise. So when dealing with loss, you might be condemning yourself and buried under the weight of, well, I should have done this. And man, it's all because I ran into a girl today. In fact, I was on a walk and a girl I ran into is going through a very big trial and she says, How many times she's been praying, asking God, God, show me what my sin is. She used an example of David in the Old Testament and said, You know, David in the Old Testament, when he sinned against um, U- Uriah the Hittite and had an affair with Bathsheba and had a baby, eventually God punished him. Uh, the baby died, his family fell apart. She goes, I keep asking God, What did I do to cause this? And I said, Listen, you can't, just what happened to David is not, you know, there are times when there's sin but but there's times where you just go through trials like we live in a broken world, like God is is faithful and what you know for sure is that you're forgiven in the New Testament we live by grace and so yeah, confess your sin, repent if you see it, if that's the reason you know you're going through a loss but at the end of the day uh, losses happen because we live in a broken world and it has no, nothing to do with what our behavior, we put so much away was because of me, look don't give yourself that much credit, even when we are faithless even if you can look at your life and go well I should have done this I should have done that confess your sin repent to God and then leave the weight on him I love 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 my favorite psalm is psalm 42 and it's the psalm where uh, a couple times in the psalm the the psalmist is is, is heavy-hearted you can feel this thirst for God throughout it his tears he says in verse 3 my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long where is your God And then he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? And then he answers himself. He's preaching to himself. He says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And again, at the end of the uh, chapter, he repeats, he he says to God, I say to God in verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And then he answers, he says, why are you cast down O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so whoever asked me that question, dear Lena, I've lost my job, my marriage, my church in the last few years and now COVID, I'm losing hope. What should I do? Number one, resist the temptation to do something. Number two, recognize the temptation to numb everything. And number three, rest in the reality of what you know for sure. God is closer to you in your pain. Than you have had, than he's ever been in your life. And so um, I'm going to pray for you that God will give you the strength that you need. If you need prayer uh, specifically, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, go to Dear Lena at LivingWithPower.org. Speaking of Dear Lena, if you have a question you would like to ask me about living as a Christian in a post Christian world, send me your questions at Dear Lena, L I N A, at LivingWithPower.org. Hey, I'd love to see you every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time. I teach live in our Facebook community group I teach the Bible and we're going through an awesome series right now called unshaken uh, if you need encouragement in the Lord in your faith to get stronger join us all you need to do to join the Facebook community group is to go to livingwithpower.org when you land on the landing page there's a blue box at the top of the that says join our community click on it and it, it, it you'll get you it'll walk you through that I think you know how to do that by now hey I'd love for you to share this episode with any friends of yours who might be going through a loss who is it we're living in COVID world right now uh, we're gonna pray against it we're gonna pray for healing in the meantime let's keep our eyes on Jesus he is the hope Uh, for every one of us who is here today. I love you guys, and I'll catch you again next week.